Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio, KCGN Bakersfield. Your home for all your variety hits. And of course, Blind Advocate Radio. This is Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we talk about issues in the blindness community. On my brand new microphone, I just opened it one minute ago, so we should have a wonderful experience tonight with Chris uh, Chris Williams. He happens to be one of the co-founders of a new group on Facebook for blind people called um, Life Without Sight. Chris, welcome to Aaron's Opinion. How's it going? Not bad. Thank you very much for having me in, Aaron. Definitely appreciate it. So one of the things that was, you're always welcome here. One of the things that was never really made clear to me, uh, I suppose on Facebook, things, <laughs> things only get, it's only so, it's, it can only get so clear, I guess. Right. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but one of the things that, that was kind of a mystery to me is how, how quickly uh, this particular group, um, Life Without Sight, sprung up. Well, why, why don't we just start at the beginning? So how did it get set up in the first place? Go right from there. Okay, no problem. So um, uh, me and a guy named John, I actually met John. He was actually <laughs> in part of the group. Um, I've been a part of a couple of different groups. And um, he was in a group that just kind of like um, made it kind of fun to be in. Because before it was a, like, obviously, you know, when you're going through sight loss and you're going through eye issues, there's tons of seasons in it, you know, like one minute you can be fine with it. The next minute you're kind of sad in it and it just kind of cycles back. So um, he brought like a lot of positive energy to the group, like a little different and unorthodox, I'll say. <laughs> so, um, sure, sure. Definitely. yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it was um, definitely like, a, I don't want to say a breath of fresh air, but it's definitely something great and different. So a lot of people took to it because it was a change from the typical, you know, oh, I'm having this happen, like, not not to be rude, because I've been there before, but the woe is me, depressing stuff, it was a lot different, like, watching someone live their life that, that was blind, and they were a little more upbeat about things, so it was definitely, like, good, so um, whatever reasons, um, we don't have to talk about it, but he was um, excavated out of the group, and um, there was another person that actually put up a post about, you know, why would he be taken out, this and that, so there's a lot of questions held by a lot of people like why was he taken out you know he brought this and that so he tested a lot of people not including just other people but me you know just the difference about it so I kind of messaged him because you know when I saw his live video in that group I messaged him and reached out to him so I was curious about his story and so we talked a little bit and then um when he was taken out of the group I kind of asked him why he's like yeah you know there's so many different speculations on why I'm not sure but you know I was like well you know if you decide to do something else you thought about starting a group then you know, let me know. And so, we sure, ended sure. Up. and you know, and actually, and, and I will say that actually, I, I secretly do know the re the real reason it's not, it's not for this podcast, but I do know what the real yeah. reason is. So, but you know, I, I think that, that it showed that it shows, 
um, that we live we live in a time where people some you know certain you know not not John but perhaps certain other people are are it seems to be high, hypersensitive to certain to certain things. My my opinion about this in g general, just tip of the iceberg is people need people need at times to number one get get anything off your chest off of it but at the yeah. same time if if every if 100 percent of us in the entire world filtered what we say less than one percent of the time a hundred percent of the time then yeah. then we would have you know a lot a lot fewer of these types of of, of misunderstandings so yes. all right well but 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 no matter Anyway, so then you guys created Life Without Sight. What's that? Yeah, so what we did, um, I got in touch with John, and there was another um, admin who's losing her vision as well, and uh, a really good friend of mine that I actually met through the group that I met John through, and we've been in touch for a while. Um, she lives in Australia, and we all got together, and we started talking about it, and that was the idea that he kind of had. And so I've been a part of a couple of different Facebook groups, like I've said before, but um, I mean, for me, it's like, it's not, I mean, it's real life, which I appreciate it a lot, but there's also like a lot more real life with blindness and with visual impairment other than just, you know, oh, so what does your NFB do for you? Like, how can I get this? Like, where's like kind of the real talking and like, hey, what's, how do you deal with real life? Like this, how do you deal with, you know, cooking? How do you deal with doing this? So there's a lot of stuff that is real life when it comes to blindness and visual impairment that I feel in the groups just isn't talked about or it's kind of shot down, you know? So um, we decided that we wanted to be definitely like that. We obviously didn't want anyone in the group underage. We definitely wanted anyone in the group. Unlike the other groups, we wanted it to be only visually impaired to blind. We didn't want there to be any sighted people in the group because we don't feel, well, I, you know, my big thing was I kind of got it involved and I was like, well, I don't feel like that really helps. Like, it's great that, you know, people, you know, support blindness and, you know, they definitely want to, you know, help someone else they know, but this isn't for that. This is actually for us. So this is for people that are completely visually impaired, you know, obviously to the point where you can't drive is a visual impairment that I wanted to go with because I myself am visually impaired, not blind. I have a little bit of sight in my left but it's like 20 over 200 with no peripheral in my left and then the right eyes hand motion out of the corner only so i wanted to be something like that to where everyone really understood where we were coming from because a lot of the other groups there's a lot of different opinions about things when it comes to sight which is kind of sad <laughs> that you know the, some of the blind communities like divided and you know they there's a difference between you know i believe in legally blind where prescription can help you and uh, extremely visually impaired so we want to be about real life support for people e that exactly exactly you know and someone else that i was interviewing um a few weeks or months ago whenever it was i how, how much of how much if any of aaron's opinion have you gone through and listened to have you listened to any of my content it's fine if you have not no, I actually, I actually have not, sir. Um, to be honest with you, no, I've been no really, no worries, yeah, really focused. Yeah, yeah, really focused on uh, doing some stuff I have going on. I'll talk to you about that later. Cool, cool. Well, no, well, no matter. The re reason I bring it up is because someone I was interviewing a few weeks ago was saying how, 
Yeah, they they feel that there's this huge divide in the blindness community between the people who are, you know, recently blind, who have been born blind, who were born blind. And oh, yeah, they sure, yeah. they feel that they feel that that's starting to become not not really right because you know, certain people, certain groups of blind people are saying these you know, silly thing, things that, that they shouldn't be saying. And I, I, I explained to him, I said, look, there are going, there are always going to be these people in these groups who just simply are blind people who don't really understand, you know, what it's like, you know, to be sighted. We can't understand what it would be like to be sighted. And, and some of the, again, some of these things I told him, this other person, I said, some of these types of inconsiderate messages and posts that you're seeing you just have to kind of in a sense kind of block block it out uh a, a little bit you know some sometimes and not and try try to understand that everybody who's blind has a totally different perspective on things and, exactly and everybody yes, that... and the other the other issue of of all of this is that everybody else thinks that everybody else is right everybody thinks that oh my opinion's the right one everything that i say is 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 right everybody thinks that when in fact, yeah. no, everybody's, what everybody is saying are their opinions, but yes, go ahead. Exactly. You're hundred percent right when it comes to that. And that's just what I've had to learn myself. Cause I'm, I'm new, I'm new to this. Like I've had 12 different surgeries in the last, um, since 2017. And after my fourth surgery, which was my first in my left eye, I never returned to work in January, 2018. I was diagnosed in April 2017. So I was sighted for 38 years of my life all the way up until, you know, recently to where it got like bad. So this is new for me. So the best way I can tell people um, is that, you know what, like, I can't understand, like, I couldn't understand it, what it would be like for someone that was born blind. I mean, that's just something that, you know, you're used to. It's like, you'd never know any other way. Just like, I would never, like you, someone else would never know how it was to be sighted. So my best analogy to do that is for me to say, and this is my own opinion, is just that it's like, imagine being born into money. Imagine being born rich. That's all you know, and then have it all taken away. And that's how I felt about it. So, you know, like people take for granted the stuff that's not really, that they don't even know they really need and cherish and love, you know, like eyesight. And then all of a sudden it can be gone one day and all of a sudden you're, you're poor. So you don't understand what it's like. You've been that way and, you know, vice versa, like someone that's been blind their whole life, like wouldn't, you know, really understand, like, but if they got their sight, they, you know, I mean, it's, that's a whole nother story for another day. But um, I just try to tell everyone to, you know, definitely respect everyone else because in the end, no matter what, the one thing we all have in common is blindness or eye issues. But at the same time, the world is filled with like billions of people. That's a billion different, like, you know, characteristics and a bunch of different, you know, people. So we're all going to be people regardless of our disability and everyone's going to have their different opinions and feel how they feel. Exactly. Yeah. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I cannot imagine what it's like to be sighted because I never was. I was born blind with glaucoma. Mm -hmm. So I'll never... I'll never say that I pretend to understand that challenge of having to lose vision when you're, you know, 38 years old. That must, that all I can say is that must be hard because I can't imagine how hard that can be. So it must be hard to lose your vision as, as an adult for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, de um, definitely. <laughs> and what, basically what, you know, what's your background about that a little bit? You know, how, what, what brought that on? If, if you don't mind me asking, how did you start to lose your vision a few years ago? Absolutely not. I definitely don't mind answering. Actually, I have a whole, whole uh, thing I've actually been doing. Someone just urged me to do it. They're like, your story is just so amazing. I'm like, there's so many stories like mine, though. They're like, nah, but mm. the, way, the way you carry it is amazing. You know, you've always been this person. So they urged me to do it. So I actually started a YouTube channel and I actually have my whole entire walk on there and what I'm doing as well. So um, I won't touch on that right now, but um, I got diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy. Um, I actually went to get eyeglasses because like right when I noticed, um, I noticed that like, you know, a couple of times, like maybe a couple of times, like a week for about a month, I would have blurred vision, like to where I look at my phone and I couldn't see it. I'm like, whoa, you know, what's going on? So I figured I needed glasses because I always had astigmatism. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go get some glasses, went to my local lens crafters and no offense against lens crafters, but I went there and they were like, wow, you know, your eyes are horrible. You're going to be blind soon. I'm like, excuse me? And they're like, yeah, you're going to be blind soon. And I'm like, uh, okay, like you can see a specialist. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, what the hell does lens crafters know? They're a, a, a glasses store. Like they're not specialists. Okay. So I went and saw a specialist, um, two weeks later, this was the beginning of April. And, um, he's like, yeah, it's advanced, you know, um, this is, what it is, it's really bad. Um, I'm like, okay, you know, you, when you go through like essentially finding out like someone could be dying, you kind of lose it. So it's almost like the same thing when it came to my eyes. I'm like, wow, you know, so I broke down really hard to deal with. And then I'm um, like, well, you know, what's the plan? They're like, well, we feel like the best course of action would be to start you on eye injections because it could, you know, stop this. And, you know, and I, I didn't even know. So I thought about it. I kind of, I called my sister in the room and asked her what she thought it's like well it's the best place you know that is showing it's like really like it's highly rated so i would trust what they say and i'm like okay and i'm like well you know what are the side effects like well you know you know the chances that we'll slow it down are like good but there is that chance you know that we could speed it up and i'm like well if it's going to speed it up i prefer not to do it i'd rather just let my site like ride out and go and he's like no i think this is the best chance so started me on eye injections and then two weeks later um, towards the end of April, I got my very first bleed to where I was uh, riding motorcycle. So I used to ride motorcycles and a couple of bike clubs and um, um, I was riding my motorcycle home on the freeway. And I saw this little spot and I was like, oh, is there something like water on my on my lenses or something like that? So I went to wipe the lens and didn't come off. And I was like, all right, something's weird. So I sped up, got home. And then um, I wore these yellow tinted glasses at night because they made the road look way brighter. And so I got home. And right when I took off my glasses, they got in the garage, like the whole, like my whole right eye, like everything was like blood red. And I was like, okay, this isn't right. So I called, they're like, come in the next day, went in the next day. And they're like, yeah, you got to bleed. Um, we figured it happened to the left first because we thought the left was worse, but you know, it happened to your right. So we'll just monitor it and this and that and come back in a couple of weeks and we can give you another eye injection, which you hopefully stop it. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, went back a couple of weeks later, middle of May and it didn't work the shots ended up fusing like the gel from the um, injection with the the blood and so it created like i guess the best way for me to put it is like a like a clouded lava lamp effect in my direct line of sight so if i move my eye to the left it would swoosh to the left and then i'd have to like move my eye back really fast so i could see to drive and like ride my motorcycle and stuff and then um 
um, they finally were like, you know what, there's nothing else we can do about it. We have to have surgery. So June 7, June 2017 was uh, my first vitrectomy and they were debating on doing what's called uh, the gas bubble to hold the retina in place or silicone oil. So um, they decided to do silicone oil so I didn't have to sit, you know, for like three weeks with my head face down doing everything. So um, I didn't know what to expect, went in for surgery, came out the next day, took off the bandage. I could see perfectly fine with a little bit of blur. They say it's going to be blurry because of the oil. And so everything was good to go. Two weeks later, went back to work, doing what I do, rode motorcycles, still driving cars. So I love cars. And um, um, from June, I was fine till September, which I was still fine. And then they decided that I needed another surgery because it was growing back more scar tissue. So they lasered some more, but same thing, didn't really lose any sight. And then um, December came, I started noticing my vision and my right eye was like really kind of hazy. And I developed a cataract, I guess, which I said what happened from, you know, multiple surgeries. And then they're like, you know what, we think your eye's good. We're going to wait till January, take the silicone oil out, um, give you an artificial IOL lens. And then uh, keep an eye on the left because it looks like it's getting worse. And so, you know, January came, took the oil out of the right, gave me a lens. You know, a week later after that, went back to work and now it's fine, able to see still, seeing way better. And then a week after that, like, yeah, your left is way worse. We have to do it immediately. So I did the left. And um, I remember the day, it was uh, January 24th, 2018, in which I never returned back to work because, um, something happened to where they went in way too aggressive with the left and they peeled too much scar tissue. And when they peeled it, they peeled a lot of the retina with it where I lost my peripheral, uh, my up, my down and my side to side. So um, it's pretty bad They put silicone oil in it. And then I ended up detaching under silicone oil. And then in the right, um, I ended up getting a shallow detachment and I got what they call a hyphema, which is blood in the, the color part of your eye, your iris. So they were like, well, it's scarring. Your lens is scarring to the iris, so we have to remove it. So I was like, well, what does that mean? They're like, well, you'll see shapes, but you won't see any details. So I was like, well, what do we do? I'm still focused on getting back to work and providing for my family. You know, I have a wife and kid. You know, we had just just bought our house like December 2016. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. So it was just kind of like downhill from there. Um, yeah, a couple more surgeries later on to try to fix things. But, um, then the doctor was like, well, I feel like we've done all we can do for you. And essentially kind of sent me on my way. I was like, nah, really? You're, you're really done. Like there's nothing else you can do. He's like, I feel like we've done all we can do. And I was like, I came in here less than a year ago and I was able to see it and, you know, I'm walking out of here and I can't see anything like what's the deal. So, you know, it just sent me into a, really, really bad depression, you know, and not even going to lie, I got really suicidal, um, just bad thoughts. And, um, it was pretty bad. I got like pretty bad for a while. And then I tried to like, you know what? No, I'm not going to give up. If I change the way I eat, change this and that, you know, my A1C, some diabetic, it was like 7.2. Um, within like two months, I got it down to 6.2. I lost 30 pounds. Like I was just on a roll to do whatever I could to try to make my body like heal. And so I'm like, Hey, you know, I've done this and that, like, oh, you look great. You know, like, well, what's the deal? I know we can do it. Reattach my retinas so I can get back to work and we'll be fine. They're like, no, nah, we still, you know, there's nothing else we can do. You know, just, uh, we can just monitor you now. I'm like, well, that's not going to work. 
you know, and he's like, what else is there, you know? And they were like, well, this is kind of it, you know? And they're like, we know one doctor that might be able to see you, but there's no guarantee. So we'll send out a referral and I'm still just devastated. And then, um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go out and see more doctors on my own and see what they say. So I saw in the course of, from about May, 2018, or no, I'm sorry, from about April, 2018 until May, I saw five different doctors that all told me the same thing nothing they can do. So I just felt at that point, like this guy really screwed me up. And I, <laughs> to be honest with you, I got to the point to where I actually made an appointment to go back in and see the doctor and um, like, you know what, my life's over. Um, doesn't matter. Everything was kind of set up. Like, you know, something happened to me, like my house is paid off. My wife's taken care of, but my insurance money, everything's good to go. And you know what, like he ruined my life. I felt he took my life. So I actually got to the point where I actually, you know, unloaded, um, a lot of bullets in like a gun that I have a lot of bullets in and left it with three and made an appointment to go actually see him. And I'm like, you know what, he's getting two and then I'll get one and it'll be over. So I actually got to that point to where it, it got that bad to where, you know, I didn't know, you know, that was like kind of what I was saying earlier about being like rich and going, getting poor. It'd be like, you know, being, let's just use Paris Hilton as an example, like, you know, just living the great life. And all of a sudden you're having to live in like a, a studio apartment and you have to drive a, a Civic instead of driving like your Bentley. So you get to, the, I got to that point. I won't say everyone, but I got to that point to where I was like, you know what, it's going to happen. So, you know, got ready to write the note and everything like that. And, you know, it was a day before my appointment. And I, I mean, I, I am a Christian, you know, um, I won't talk about super religion stuff, but it was by the grace of God or whatever that, um, like that next day I was supposed to go see him. Um, the doctor, called me that they referred me to and said, Hey, can I see you today? Do you have time today? And I said, Oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess I can find a ride. You know, at this point, you know, I have vehicles, motorcycles, but I can't use them. And so miraculously I found a ride. Someone came and took me. I talked to him about it. I'm like, you know, I feel this is the case. I feel I can do this. I feel that like, I know I can get, you know, you're like, well, honestly, I can do it for you if that's what you want to do. But Honestly, I think that you should probably, you know, think about doing this, which was make a contact for my right eye. And um, you'll probably get some more sight out of it. It won't be perfect. And just think about, you know, like if I do the surgery, you could potentially lose whatever you have, but your, your right eye is pretty decent. And I'm like, okay. And this is the first doctor that said, I can do it, but I want you to think about what you've lost. So it was a totally different perspective that made me really think. I'm like, oh, okay. And so... He's like, come back in two weeks and see me and let me know what you think. So this is the end of May. And so I went back and I just thought about it so long every day for this long. And I'm like, well, maybe this is supposed to happen. I'm not supposed to do that. You know, even though I felt like taking this doctor and myself was like the right decision. And, you know, I ended up thinking about it, went back and saw him. And I was like, you know what? I think you're right about the right eye. In between time, I actually went and saw a low vision specialist where I had a contact made to where I was able to see, um, I went from 20 over 300 down to 20 over 70. So it helped like a lot. And then I was like, you know what? My left eye is pretty messed up. I'm like, Hey, well, what do you feel about doing the left eye? It's the worst eye. Um, I have no vision out of it except the bottom left corner because it was attached under oil. So only the corner part was connected. He's like, you know what? Well, 
you have way more to gain than to lose with the left eye. So I say we do it and see where we are. And so, you know, we did that surgery and put it under oil and that eye was actually the worst eye and it ended up becoming a pretty decent amount of vision, the right eye. Um, I had to wear a contact, which it was really hard for me to get in and out. And so um, kind of against what he wanted me to do, I ended up having a surgery to put in a secondary IOL. So I figured, hey, if I put the IOL in, I don't have to worry about, um, you know, putting in this contact that I can't get in. I have to beg my wife to put it in and friends to put it in because I couldn't see you to get it in. And I didn't want to drop it because it was like a plus 20. So it's super thick. And so um ended up having that surgery and it ended up just uh messing up my right eye and making it like sick so my right eye that went from being the good eye is now like the worst eye and you know some surgeries later some tubitrectomies later in 2019 then um some silicone oil removal and then a cornea transplant um just this past year and on actually on new year's eve <laughs> um that's kind of where i am now um, with a little bit of vision in my left and pretty much none in my right. Here's what I want to say about about everything that you just said. I think that one of the one of the most common issues that I'm learning about by participating in these groups is that there is for people who are you know losing their vision as an adult i think that there's a lot uh, a lot of of sadness and and anger and and depression as you said um yes yes you know right so i i again as i said before I understand, but of course I can never understand because I never, yeah. I never went through that, 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 that suffering. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure if you tell, if you spoke with, you know, my parents when I was born, I'm sure they can understand that sadness uh, because I can, I mean, I, I understood what you said, but obviously philosophically, I cannot, that's something that I cannot understand. My whole life has been blind. I've never associated blindness with sadness. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. Um, I mean, you know, when I was interviewing the person who became blind as an older adult, he was a, uh, he was a retired uh, correctional officer at a prison. So okay. he told, he had, he, that, that's where my content became uh, graphic and not for children. Uh, that's where that yeah. was, that, that, that's where I had to cross the line because he talked about rape and mental illness and, yeah. and things like that. And then actually that was, that was the first, that was what you just said. That was some of the most uh, touching and saddening and uh, uh, that, that was the first time anyone on this show said they put two bullets in a gun and had a full plan for a uh, homicide, suicide. Uh, that's who, um, it, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot, that's a lot to take in. Um, it definitely is. <laughs> and I, I, I think that the, I, I think that now, now I think that you have kind of accepted it a, a, a little bit more. I think that you should, you know, at certain times, I think that you should maybe be 
you know, open with other people your age who have gone through that. I'm, I wonder how many other people have gone through this experience with a doctor and then become so angry that they, ac that they actually carry that out or that that actually happens. I've never given that any thought, but um, yeah, I mean, I think what my, my advice is that you, as a community, you know, we have to stop associating blindness with sadness. And I, I know that doesn't mean, that may not mean much, but you know, at some, at some degree you have to say, well, now for, for some reason that I cannot understand, I'm blind. And now you just have to, just have to find ways of, of, of accepting it. But yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. And, um, that's what it takes though. It's like, you know, it's like, um, pretty much you mourning the loss and that's like the best way I can put it is like you're mourning something that's been a part of your life the whole time. And as an adult, obviously it's going to be way harder because you're less resilient than you are as a kid. So you think that, you know, you get up there like, I'm all, like, you know, I'm 40 now and I'm like, you know, I'm 38, like my life's over. What am I going to do? It's like, you've been doing something your whole life, you know, like about literally about 40% of your life. And all of a sudden, like you have to change it, which we all know as adults, like even exercise or changing eating habits, like once you get past a certain age, it's really hard to change it. So that's just the thing, you know, that's like literally why I did start my YouTube channel. And actually this, you know, this is actually a video that's called the first year, but it's more in detail on my, on my YouTube channel explaining that. And what I do feel now is that what's supposed to happen to me is I'm actually supposed to be here now to inspire and to motivate others that it's not that bad. You, you can change it if you want. So I've been down I to the bottom. I, 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 I suspect we're coming into our final <laughs> minute before we, okay. before we have, before we have a commercial break. Let me talk for a minute, please. Please, you know, yes, sir. Uh, please open, get a, you know, sit down, get a, get, get a, go, go get a snack, get a beer, you know, take, take, okay. take, take a deep breath. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing really well, mate. Just, just get a beer, get a, get a glass of water. All right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is Aaron's Opinion Podcast for Blind People. And by the way, thanks so much, Caroline Radio. We're doing great. Blind Advocate Radio, you can also listen to us there. Uh, wherever and wherever you get the podcast, you're on all of the platforms. We're having in this evening, uh, obviously, this podcast is not for children. Uh, we're having an extremely serious uh, discussion this evening. Um, and when we, and when we get, when we get back, I want to hear more about the now and your YouTube channel, uh, Aaron Richmond, Caroline radio. We'll be right back. Break. Break. Welcome back, listener. 
How are you? We're glad you're doing well. This is Aaron Richmond on 87.1 Caroline Radio, KCGM Bakersfield, Blind Advocate Radio, and wherever you get your podcasts, because this is Aaron's opinion. All right. We're having a very serious and a very important and a very needed discussion, I think, with Chris Williams, the co-founder of, that's fine, the co-founder of uh, Life Without Sight. Um, let's, let's get a little, let's get a, get a little lighter. All right. And let's talk about the now. Let's talk about your YouTube channel, what you're doing, what your goals are. Tell us about some exciting stuff for that. Go right ahead. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, um, we all know in darkness, there's always, you know, there's always light. So, um, you know, once you get past, um, you know, the morning kind of period, you know, You'll still go through seasons and stuff like that, but it won't it won't be as hard. You'll remember that you got yourself back out. So I took all of my negative from the whole situation and I looked at it from a positive light. So, you know, I, like I said before, I was part of a couple motorcycle clubs. Um, one of them ended up being a outlaw club. So who knows where I would be right now had I stayed or had I kept my sight. So sometimes I feel and I know that the blindness actually saved me from making a bunch of mistakes. So that's definitely good. It brought me closer to my family. Um, it brought me back in touch with the stuff I love. So, you know, obviously I love motorcycles and I can't do them right now, but I will again. I know I will one way or the other. And so I just. Motorcycle, oh, and that's, and that's wonderful. Just, uh, just for, just out, out of interest. So, so let me, let me put it into perspective and you'll, you'll especially appreciate this. So I do have usable vision by the way. Um, but I tell people, you know, I can't see well enough. I can't see well enough to drive a car, but I, I do see well enough to drive um, a Segway, uh, Segway electric scooter. As a matter of fact, my, my brother and I, a couple of days ago, we just bought some uh, brand new Segway uh, ES1s. And that's, that's oh. a lot. That, those are wonderful. That's a lot of fun. So I can imagine, uh, well, probably not because I've never driven a motorcycle, but, I can, but I, I can sort of vaguely, vaguely picture what that would be like. And, and, and if mm -hmm. you have usable vision, being able to drive a vehicle, even around your block or community where you live, that's just a very soothing, that can be a very um, mm -hmm. uh, refreshing activity that just kind of helps you to relax and just sort of feel good. Like, oh, okay, we're zipping around the neighborhood. This is pretty cool. You know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty inspirational. So maybe, so maybe, so maybe, maybe, maybe after this episode, I can inspire you to maybe get, get a Segway scooter. They're, they're, re they're really, <laughs> they're really amazing. Even, even yeah. blind, even blind people who used to be in motorcycle clubs can have them. So probably, <laughs> probably if you're, if you're used to a motorcycle, it'll, it, it, it would be a breeze. They're, they're brilliantly made. I got to say the technology and electric mm -hmm. technology for like batteries and scooters and that whole, that, that engineering is just I was on it yesterday, you know, when you're sitting on your seat, perfectly balanced, perfect, you know, perfect rhythm. You feel perfectly relaxed with your scooter. It's like just cruising around. It's perfect. God, it's just so, it, it really feels good. So I can imagine, I can imagine um, how that must have been a, a big hobby for you, motorcycles. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What, what was the, what was the long, well, you Seriously, Trey, get a scooter, get a Segway, or <laughs> or get an, get another motorcycle. Keep your motorcycle oh. license and just drive perfectly and don't get pulled over and don't tell any, don't tell anyone you're blind. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would be ideal, but I don't think I have enough usable vision to do it. 
just to be honest, you know. I, I, I see. How much, how much vision does it take to drive a motorcycle? Do you have to see well enough to drive a car? Like how much more vision does it take to drive a motorcycle, do you think? It, exactly, because oh, it that. takes, it would take, yeah, it would definitely take more just because, you know, you're coming up fast and the way I rode, like you have to have really good vision. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. so you're, 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 you're basically alluding to the fact that your, your reckless yep. driving and your, your reckless uh, technique would not would not would not suit a blind person well <laughs> no not at all not at all <laughs> and 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 specifically what what type of motorcycle what, what what brand so what for me I actually started like most people do they start on sport bikes which I started my first bike I ever owned was a Yamaha R1 and then from there I just went through every bike I ever wanted you know because I've always been the type of person that if I wanted something, I'm going to figure out a plan. I'm going to get it. So my mom was very, you know, God rest her soul. She was a fantastic parent, a uh, single mom um, to six of us. Mm. And so she, she literally, yeah, literally was like, you know, if you want something, you're going to earn it and go get it. So I was like, okay, you know, and I just always had that mentality. So, you know, I ended up going through every sport bike that I ever wanted. And then I got to the point where, you know, I'm actually, it was like right when I turned 37, when I first bought my house, I ended up training a really cool bike I had I went from the fast wheelie bikes to wheelie on the freeways and stuff and doing dangerous stuff like that to a, a really just fast bike that won't wheelie that just goes really fast in a straight line and then like you know I need to slow down so I ended up ending which I sold it a couple of years ago but um I ended up ending with a Harley Davidson road glide so oh, I had like a really yeah, really loud stereo on it. Like you could hear cool, me coming from cool. blocks. <laughs> oh, that you know, yeah, the Har yeah, the Harleys, they're famous. Yeah. Famous. Yep. And and the and, and also too, I think with, with the with with the Harley Davidson brand, I think it's also the, the, the culture and the spirit that's associated with that too. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, well that's that's what no, I, I totally get what you're saying, how you have to work up to it because when I when I was in middle school and I got into electric scooters, I then I, I, I had a Schwinn that was only, you know, a 350 uh, power engine, 350 mm -hmm. uh, watt, volt, watt. Uh, yeah, the engineers will correct me in the audience. One of those two, 350, yeah. <laughs> watt, 350 watts. And now this segue we have, it's like a 750. And I'm, oh, I'm no. glad that I started, glad that I started off on the 350 because, you know, that 750, man, you, you tap, tap that throttle, <laughs> bing, there it goes. Like, wow, yeah. that's a, like, you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta have to have the physical maturity to understand this thing's going to give you a kick. It's a lot, it's a lot harder. But I was telling my brother, I say, I'd, I'd rather have a bike with a lot of force and a lot of power. And that's a lot faster because then I have a lot more control. So I'd rather, yeah. ha I'd rather have that, but cool. So, all right, back to your YouTube channel. Okay. Um, yeah, what's your, sure. what, 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 what's your content on that? Yeah. Okay. So with that, um, I actually wanted to take my, you know, I, I always say this, I take my personal experience and apply it for everyone to think about it from a different perspective, because we all know when we're going through something, uh, we think it's the end of the world. We think that no one else feels the way we feel, but the difference is most of us actually do. So I figure I, I put myself out there like, hey, I've been through this, what I'm going through. I felt like this in this situation, but, you know, through going through it, you know, by just being strong and reaching out and not being afraid to, you know, like when someone's like, hey, here, we're needing, let me know, not being afraid to actually cash in that card. It's got me through a lot. So um, I definitely wanted to share that my experience, like, my whole journey with my blindness and I'm a, like I said before like I'm definitely a bike lover and a car lover I'm actually on my channel right now I'm actually 
put together a car. Um, I had a buddy actually help me do the engine, but for the rest of it, I did myself. So I'm putting together a car and um, it will actually at some point, probably in the next six months, be drivable for someone that is blind. Well, hey, well, amen to that. That's really, <laughs> yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, you were saying that um, about the car. I remember that I was watching some, you know, live video that you put together about that yep. that very topic, and you said car in that. And then I was like, oh yeah, he did say that to me. I was watching your live video. So, I, I another fair question, another really fascinating topic. You know, similar to the scooter and the bike and these types of things that blind people can sort of drive. At what point mm -hmm. do you do you think that blind people um, will be able to actually go to a car dealership and say, "Hey, I'm blind. Okay, I'm here to buy my car." Like when when would it when would it get to that point? Another thing that's going to sound bizarre to you is I've been blind my whole life, and when mm -hmm. I turned 16, I had. I had no interest in having a car. I never, mm. it just never occurred. It, it never bothered me that I don't have a, that I didn't have a driver's license. So I mm. don't know. What do you think about all of that? Oh, so yeah, when it comes down to that, like to be honest with you, I personally believe the technology is there a hundred percent. It's kind of been shown a little bit like through just Tesla, for example, and other things like my, my belief is that the technology is way there. It's already there. Most cars, stop themselves and the brake and all that stuff like that. Um, I just personally feel like, you know, it becomes a problem because there are so many loopholes. If you think about it, it's like, let's say, for instance, you know, like we're both blind and we know we're not driving personally ourselves, but our car is driving for us. We go out to a bar, we drink, we get pulled over like, hey, I'm not driving. I mean, it kind of puts a loophole, it, you know, it kind of puts a loophole in like, you know, I ticketing or just other I, stuff. It's funny. It's funny you bring up that this is hysterical. Uh, family friend, not really a friend, friend of my parents uh, mm -hmm. happens to be, it's hysterical that you give that exact example. He happens to be a criminal, criminal law, cr criminal defense lawyer. And uh -huh. once my father was asking him that same question, he said, so, so Thomas, so let's call him Thomas. So, so, yeah. so Thomas, if a blind person's driving a car or really if anyone's driving a driverless car, right. And they're drunk, mm -hmm. then does that still count as a DUI? And then yep. the, the lawyer, the, the friend, the distant friend, he was like, ah, I don't know. That's a good question. So mm -hmm. we're going to have to, we're going to just like everything else with society, we're going to have to work that out to decide, well, are you driving? If the car is driving exactly. for you, that's what, that's the law will have to have a discussion with judges and, they'll have to write legal code about that. If you're driving, probably the answer is that the owner of the vehicle is still the captain of that vessel. Yep, you're still so in control of it, so. Probably, probably yep. they, would, they would be able to argue that you're still held to be, held to be, held to competence and that you still need yeah. to be able to not manage to get completely hammered. Yep because that could influence your decision for what you tell the computer. So I kind of think it's, it's, it's amusing, but it's also a shaky argument. I don't know. I don't know how they yeah. would really view that. It's interesting. And then what about the other thing? So then how would blind people get around this? How would blind people get to a point where does a blind person need to have a special license to be able to buy, to buy a driverless car? I don't know. What do you think about that? So I think when it comes down to it in the end, like I said before, about the just the liabilities and all the underlying gray areas when it comes to it with the law, it's going to be 
I think the other biggest issue wouldn't even be licensing. I think that it would be a lot of insurance. So insurance, like how would they go ahead and, you know, insure a car where someone has a either never driven or B can't see to drive. So they don't mm-hmm. know how that person's going to drive. So um, when it comes down to it, I don't think a special license would be needed. I mean, I just think that it would all have to do with like what they say when it comes to the laws for it, if they like balance out the gray areas and stuff like that. And if insurance will, you know, go ahead and actually insure someone. So I know that they insure people that literally don't have licenses, which is usually you you weren't allowed to do that back in the day, but I know they switched next, it up a lot. Next question. Why would they, how I, okay, that that doesn't make any doesn't really make any sense to me. But I don't know. I'm blind. I don't drive, so <laughs> I don't know. How, how how can someone with how can someone who doesn't have a license get auto insurance? That that doesn't really. How? Yep. Exactly. I don't know. You have to ask Vern Fonk because they insure people and, and the general. They insure people that even if you're suspended somehow they do it. But they make you pay <laughs> a, a ton of money. I, I, yeah. Okay. Well, well, let me, let, okay. That probably leads to other, to other silly yeah, stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If they're insuring, yeah. if they're given, if they're insuring people that's, that's, that are suspended. Okay. No, no comment yep. there, but that's, nope. <laughs> that's a little, that's, yep. that's unusual to say, to, to put mm-hmm. it lightly. That's, yep. that's strange. All right. Very, very. Next, next. Um, but uh, my <clears throat> my, I guess my concern, or I guess what I would really wonder is, you know, I mean, I I, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't really see a time where like blind people would really have cars. I mean, would they become cheap enough for most blind people to afford? I don't know. You know, I just don't, I see it as something that we kind of like to toy with in our imagination, but I don't really see it as something that would happen in, in my lifetime. And it's not something that I particularly care, care too much about really. Um, yeah. but I, I, that's, that's interesting. All right. And what are some other activities you're doing in, in your life right now? Like in real life besides YouTube? Yeah. So in real life, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm doing the car like on and off camera. Um, I have a seven year old, um, that would be a whole nother story in itself. He was born extremely premature, um, at like, he was born at like, um, six months. So he was very, very very almost didn't make it so you know you know he's actually getting bigger he just had his um he had a trach his whole life so he finally just got the whole closed of a trach out and so he's getting louder so i'm definitely enjoying more time at home with him during this whole pandemic thing going on so other than that um really just trying to get stuff together get back into uh um doing stuff on my own like i finally got the motivation to start doing it and um uh, reached out and actually had a special ball because I actually used to play soccer. I played soccer from age like nine all the way up until age 37 when I was diagnosed and they told me not to play anymore, which was probably what caused my bleed. So I played adult leagues like co-ed, men, women, and adult like over 30 leagues. So I, I played a lot of soccer. And so I've actually just had um, the lady from my um, foundation for the blind or department of services for the blind. They actually had a special soccer ball made for me that has a bell in it so I can kick it and I'll know where it is when it's rolling. Yeah. So getting back into, getting back into that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. There's, you know, I mean, I'm not terribly athletic. 
um, but mm. there are there are a lot of sports. There's a whole association of blind athletes. There's a, there's a lot that yeah. that you can do with just sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the sports I do are you know scoot the electric scooter sport. I guess that's you can say that's a sport. I also yeah. sail. Um, you know, that's that that sailing is a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of work you, too. I heard. It is. It is. Do you do you have you done that? Have you sailed much? I sail. Honestly, I'll keep it real with you. Like, I I love. I can swim, but I'm I'm scared of water. Like when it comes mm. to that kind of water. <laughs> like yeah. So that's not really really my thing. I've done it when I was little. I sailed to an island, and um, other than that, I haven't really been on a sailboat. I see. It's it's a lot of fun. It's really it's really inspirational. It's really. Really cool being out there on a sailboat for for, for sure, um, yeah. but it is it it is a lot of work because my yeah. my father does it, but it's it's challenging for him. You kind of need two sight, you kind of need yeah. a couple sighted friends to really be able yeah. to do it. It's a little tricky with just one person. Yeah, and then I help the best I can, but it's still it's still a little a little difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so really, as we've come into finally the final, basically 12 minutes, oh, nice. what are your, what are your, it really flew by. Well, that, uh, in at the beginning there, we started off slow, but then you really went into a big monologue there. You went over into a monologue that was, you spoke for about 12 to 13 minutes at one point without stopping that, that big emotional monologue in the middle. That was really, really good. Um, so what are your goals for the, for this life without sight group? Where do you see it going? What are your what else do you think about that? So yeah, with that group, um, you know, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be something I think is going to grow and it's going to get big. It's just going to be keeping it on. We don't really want it to be a topic, but you know, you have four different people that are controlling it, you know, two admins and two moderators. And we all have kind of like, we all have completely different personalities and we all have different opinions on the way things should go. Like, you know, for instance, you know, um, for me, I believe that great things will happen over time. And, you know, I believe that groups will grow the right way if you don't force it. Like, you don't need to try to get, you know, 500 members and 1,000 or whatever, no. like, Im- immediately. You don't, don't do that because then you're just asking for a different type of element just to get numbers in there where, you know, that's that's how I feel about it. You know, like, the other admin, like, he wants to grow fast, like, invite people in, you know. Call, I, I'm like, you know what? It'll grow as it wants. It'll grow as it needs. But the minute you start forcing it is the minute it'll stop working. So, you know, we just want it to be, I want it to be, I guess, you know, I want it to be, you know, a group where, you know, people like you, people like me, everyone can be different and they can come and say what their real problems are and not even just real problems, but hey, what their real life reality is they're doing. And hey, like, what do you think about this? Right, right. Exa- exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. Um, and how did you all, I mean, how did you all come in contact with each other? How did you, I mean, you and John Wilbert Colley were in the same group, I guess, but then how did you meet all the other admins and all the other people? Yeah. So, um, actually, um, Tracy Lynn was actually the girl that actually made the post about John being taken out of the group that we were in. And I was like, Oh wow, I don't agree with that. But then a different group, um it's um not the it's not the blind and visually impaired support group it was a blind and visually impaired support network that's more worldwide um i met my friend jenny in that group who lives in australia and the minute we talked we went through 
pretty much our stories were identical except for hers was from a, a different cause of her blindness than mine was. But we hit it off like, like her and her husband um, and my wife and me, we talk like, cause they're obviously they're a day ahead, but like seven hours behind, if that makes any sense to you. So um, like on our same day, like, you know, like for instance, like Anytime, it's my time now. Let me, let me just, let me, let, listener, let me just tell you, if you want to talk to us, someone in Australia, just talk to them whenever you want because it's never yeah. going to be the right. I'm not, exactly. I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm done dealing with these time zones. You know what? I'll send out a zoom invite. Okay. If you figure it out and you know what I've discovered, I've discovered that by having that sort of uh, blunt, as you can tell, I'm a pretty blunt and outspoken individual. Um, it, uh, most of the time um, I've I found out that when I, when I send out zoom in invitations, I've discovered that the people who really want to be on my show, make the effort and come like you did the people oh, yeah. and, and they, and they figure out what time to come and they figure oh, yeah. it out, you know, but yeah, the other, I mean, the other thing that makes it a lot easier is, is if you would only, is if you, yeah, you know, I, I if just, you would you know, use, so, sorry for that. I, 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 I coughed. Um, oh, if you, oh, you're good. I, I, I muted it out. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is to try it with people. I've given up on it because no one else will do it, but try to use the UTC, try to use the universal clock because that solves a lot of these problems. But then again, if you're dealing with Australia, it's so, the gap is so severe. It's that's almost as bad as, as it is in, in India too, because in India, it's not the same minute as it is here. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a nightmare. <laughs> Just forget it. Forget it. If you want to talk about what day or time it is in those other end of the world, just forget about it. Yeah. It's, just, it's just universal time. It's just a universe time, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want to make it happen and you'll make it happen. That's, that's yeah. where it is. And pe people who, people who care enough about zoom or care enough about coming to a certain show, they'll look at, they'll look at the invitation and do the calculation. It, yep, it I, is, it is interesting how zoom shows it in the host time though. It doesn't show it in your time. So people have to be kind of uh, aware of that, I guess, but okay. well, well, good. We, if, if you could add me to that network, that global network, because I really enjoy being in a blind and visually impaired groups that are global, you know, so I can yeah, talk sure. to people all over the world and get this, you know, get this podcast as internationally distributed and really have, oh, nice. a, yeah. have a global feel. That's really exciting. I've had people from England, um, Tunisia, Scotland, uh, Canada, um, Jamaica. Uh, so mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot of uh, several countries, but I really want to stretch, stretch it all over the globe. You know, you can never have too many countries listening. Um, exactly. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty cool. So, um so what did so what did you think of this experience has this been your first experience on a podcast it actually has and i'm actually really, really proud i'm actually very happy to be here because i've just always been a natural talker like a natural leader you I are just... you are you did you did you did well when you went into that monologue that serious monologue you you got you got you got emotional about it i felt your emotion about it yeah and, and then and then you came out of it and then you were able to really really transition you really you really handled yourself well well the, re the reason the reason i'm asking it is i hope it was a positive enough experience for you to tell john wilbur collie to come back so that i can get him on my show so you guys oh yeah oh yeah i'll tell him yeah for sure. <laughs> see see if you can 
see it, or maybe one of the maybe one of the other admins would want would express some interest, or maybe some international people oh, yeah, that sure. you know. Oh yeah, but, oh definitely. But I'm I, I'm 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 not I'm I'm not gonna lie. I've seen a lot of John Wilbert Colley's stuff, and he's he's very funny. He really loves to joke around and talk and have a fun conversation. So I think he just needs a little bit of encouragement, right? Or is there some yeah? Is there some trick to get him to come? Is there some some magic formula to get him to come on to Zoom? What's what 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 do you think about that? I would think that he should just, he would just come. I mean, like I said, like, you know, you see him in the group, see the way he talks and, you know, I've had a chance to talk to him, obviously being an admin with him, like talking to him. Um, he just definitely like, for me, likes to be definitely in the spotlight and definitely, I, I don't know if I want to say he wants to be like, you know, famous and be that person, but he definitely, you know, likes, likes attention. So I'm a little surprised he didn't come on, you know, because Oh, he always seems right. like he has a lot to say. So <laughs> that's all right. I, I I understand the way the way that I talk and I send him a messenger. You know the way I I sound. I I am quite. I do at times come across as very stern. So I think that can kind of make people a little scare people a little bit. So it is it is understandable to be a little cautious. But I certainly hope that we would have him uh, here. Well, I mean, um, <clears throat> all right. And so you have your YouTube channel. Um, and then what are some, what are some other hobbies, uh, about three minutes now? What are some other hobbies, uh, what are some other, um, hobbies that you haven't mentioned? Okay. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and just say it now just in case we're out of time, but, uh, check out the YouTube. It's C-Dubs Blind Life. So C-D-U-B-S Blind Life. That is my channel. And other hobbies I have, um, honestly, I was talking about motorcycles, like, Besides the soccer ball and stuff like that, like getting out there and kicking it with my son, what I'm actually going to do, I mean, I used to do a lot of stunt bike riding. So I'm actually, after I'm done doing the car, I'm actually going to buy another bike and I'm going to just start riding it in empty parking lots and learn how to do that again. Right, right. I'm sure yep. that if, if we have a driverless car, why can't we have a driverless motorcycle? Why can't we use that same technology so that we can get you back on a motorcycle? Why, why can't we have technology? I'm sure we can have technology like that, right? I, I think we can, but I think that like where I'm going with this goal, I'm actually going to be practicing. Because um, a lot of people that do stunt bike riding, they do stunt bike riding in the parking lot. So I'm going to get back to that point because I still know the feel of it, but <clears throat> don't have the sight of it. So I know for sure I'll get back in there and still be doing wheelies and rolling stoppies on the front tire. But the only bad thing is there's a chance of me going down, but I know I'm not going to die at 30 miles per hour. So. Right, right. Well, and by the and back to the motorcycle. Where what was the longest distance you ever traveled? What was the longest trip you took on on your motorcycle? So I know we're coming up short on time, but um, I actually I live in Seattle, Washington. So um, to give you a frame of reference. Um, I went up I ninety with um, a president of my club. We went up I ninety um, to the far east um, city of our state, which was Spokane. Um, we crossed over there, went through the whole state of Idaho went through Missoula, Montana, dropped down Highway 15 to Salt Lake City, went from there through the four corners where like Arizona, Nevada, Utah, and like some other state they touch. And then we stayed in Las Vegas for like a couple hours to sleep and then went to see another member that lived in Phoenix, Arizona, traveled back from Phoenix through San Diego, then up to LA, stayed there for a little bit, traveled back through Portland and back home. So it was a 4,800 wow. mile trip, 4,800 miles on our butts. <laughs> and how did the, and how did those cycles take it? Was that a lot of, 
a lot of wear and tear? Did that really give the cycle um, a run for its money or, or was it really built to handle that? Yeah, it was actually, um, it was actually when I made the decision to go with Harley. So I had a sport bike and it ended up breaking before I could go on the trip. So a really good friend of mine, let me borrow his bike and that's what convinced me to get a Harley. So mm. I see, I see how much, um, with these different brands, these different, you know, models of motorcycle, how much, like how much of a difference is there, I guess, how much of it, how much do you notice from one brand to the other? Is it like night and day or is it all pretty similar? Well, what do you think as far as handling? And like drug Humo driving guys. Hum yeah humongous Humo Humo difference like obviously harley is going to be harley which is great for long distance straight line like relaxation um i've had kawasaki i've had yamaha i've had suzuki i've had honda um i've never actually owned like you know the cool brands like ducati but i've ridden them or you know triumph cool but, cool cool, cool. You know, yeah excellent excellent well that was ladies and gentlemen that was chris williams uh, founder or co-founder actually of Life Without Sight. That was a very, very serious and a very interesting episode of Aaron's Opinion Podcast for Blind People. We spoke about issues in the blindness community. This is, K this is KCGN Caroline Radio wishing you a very good day today and a great day tomorrow. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit penfed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees included every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. 5G access requires capable device. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details.